Hello, pod people. It's another episode of Finding My Fits at 40. I'm here with my usuals. That's us. We're the usuals. (laughs) The norms. No, I meant my drink. We're unique. Oh, it's just you and your bang? Me and my bang. Just me and my bang. Banging it out. Chrissy and Mike are here with me today. We're (laughs) here for another podcast. We're going to chat about some stuff and uh, go off on some tangents because we tend to do that. Um, Stuff and things. Yeah, stuff and things. Things in there. And I do want to start out by saying we're going to have a, a new segment coming up starting next week. What? You haven't told us about that. Um, not just... you. I don't talk to you much. Oh, right. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chrissy, do you want to tell people about what our new segment's going to be? I'm going to be doing a thing. Woo! A thing. A thing See, on the this podcast. this is part of the things and stuff. This is, pay attention, Michael. I'm in. I'm in. Um, we're going to do like a fun protein recipe segment that's going to have a really fun, catchy name. Whenever we think it. <laughs> well, I was um, just saying, what is that catchy name? <laughs> it's TBD. so catchy, it's called the TBD <laughs> section. It'll um, probably stay that. Too. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably talk about it on air, and then we'll make some social media posts so that you can like have the recipe, see the food, because really, seeing the food oh. is all about, when you yeah. see it with your we eyeballs, eat with our eyes you want to do people. it. With your eyes first, that's why it has to look delicious. So it's Although hopefully going to look delicious. I've definitely but. seen stuff that doesn't look good that tastes amazing. That happens oh. a lot when you're making protein hacks, because like generally... That actually look, tracks, yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. things don't look that great, but just trust me, because I'm a picky bitch, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> why, <laughs> why are we specifically looking at protein hacks? Um, Michael, it is our favorite macronutrient. I lost. That's it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Michael, why is protein our favorite? Because ma- it is the most important macronutrient, followed secondly by fat, which again, I know everybody's like, well, you don't need carbs then. Not true, idiots. idiots. We've already talked about this. <laughs> but protein is basically the hardest one to get in. It is the most deficient from most people's diets. Uh, and it is basically the lowest calorie when it comes to... It's like, the most asbestos. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was trying to say scientifically. Yeah, so, yeah I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Quick reminder, because I've had people ask me, and I go... I, it's in the, one of the other episodes. Just go find it in... Protein, what does it do for you? You talk about your brain and all the other functions. What are all the things that having enough protein in does for you? I mean, that's a pretty extensive list because it's like everything. Basically, I mean, you get your essential amino acids are what we're looking for here. You can only get your essential amino acids via food. Your body can create basically all your other amino acids. So... These amino acids have to be ingested, and they're going to take care of a lot of processes that are, well, essential. Is that why the amino acids are essential, Michael? It could be. You know, that's my hypothesis. I have not talked to the naming scientists yet, but I'm trying to get them on the the phone. The naming scientists. Right. There's a crew of scientists that's in the room. All they do is name things. All they do is name stuff. Yeah, they might. I wish I could do that. That would be fun for me. That's quite the job. Yeah. We need them to name our new segment. Oh, my God. Can you get with the naming naming scientists, I told you guys I'm working on it. Okay, cool. We'll just ask them. (laughs) So, yeah, just to go over, like Chrissy said, it's going to be... I'm actually really excited about this, Chrissy, because we've used lots of your protein hacks already. Yeah. We talk about these protein hacks slash recipes all the time. We do. 
and we decided we're going to make it more concise for you guys to be able to consume. I'm going to consume them as well. Faux show. Like mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. peanut butter one that yeah. we love. That's so good. I do yeah. that. Yeah, we've got, we've got I, I some hacks. Yeah, we've got some stuff. So uh, I'm excited for that next week. But this week, we are going to chat a little bit. Um, we talked about... We, just to pull back the curtain a little bit for you guys, usually we get in here before the podcast starts and we sit and brainstorm and we chat about different topics that we're going to talk about. Often for way too long. Often for way Man, <laughs> ain't that the truth. It's just, that's what happens. We like to talk. If you can't tell by listening to our podcast, yeah. we enjoy talking. We love words. We are yeah. quite gregarious. You're much more Write wordy today you than are you much were more last wordy. week. Oh. Are you feeling better? Yeah, the edible is finally worn off. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, Mike was a hot mess last I week. I was a hot we, mess. We personally, me and Victor got great laughs I love that. Yes. At your yes. expense. Yeah. So. I, I really love that. feel like the banana photo you should oh, God. post. The <laughs> I, I try to feed Mike a banana, and he just like really awkwardly just like unpeels the whole thing. He's just like palming. I don't know how I got the wrapper off in one piece, the wrapper, the banana wrapper. (laughs) The banana (laughs) wrapper. Maybe because you thought it was a wrapper. Maybe Maybe that that was the problem. It could be. Oh, the candy. The candy ball. Um, Yeah, usually I just do a lower dose edible every once in a while, and that time there were baked into Rice Krispie treats, and the full dose, I was like, oh, that's super chill, but not as much as I usually get, so I'm just going to double the dose. That was really bold of you. I was high for 24 hours. Yeah. And so when I woke up the morning of the podcast, I had had that edible at 4 p.m. the day prior. Jesus. I woke up still high. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I have a podcast to do. He had no eyeballs. I y'all. have to golf today <laughs> after that. Yeah, Aaron said that you were oh, not have... very great on the golf course. Yeah, how's the golfing going? No. no, but the funny thing is, like, and I hadn't golfed for probably like two plus months just because I've been on the road so yeah. much or travel, I had work, whatever. Not a single one of my 18 drives did I get in the air for any real length of time. <laughs> but I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> Bonus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So being a little high helped out at that point. Uh, just, you know, I ended up hitting some great shots, strangely enough, but not a single damn drive. Ugh, that's frustrating. Hold. No, uh. not the least bit frustrating. Had I gone out there without any THC yeah. in my system, I'd have been severely frustrated, yeah. but that didn't. I have a question. This wasn't what our podcast was about, but since we're talking about it. That doesn't sound like us. Tangent. Yeah. So how is there any correlation or anything that can be taken from THC, weed, marijuana, whatever the heck you want to call it? Uh La ganja. Yeah. La ganja. (laughs) How many words can we come up with? A lot. Um, Is there anything that benefits or... or hinders. Yeah, I'm looking for another word. What's the opposite of benefits? Hinders. Lack of benefits. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. From taking it with your personal fitness and well-being. I know that a lot of... I, I pers- Let me put this out there first. I personally hate it. I do not like what it does to me right. personally. Yeah, it's different I've for everyone. I've done I think. it, it a is. couple times, and I despise it. I, like, I don't like getting too high. I do not enjoy that. Like, I like just a nice, chill feeling, and so I usually know roughly how much that, that works. So every once in a while, I get a little too much. We all make those mistakes, Michael. Right, right, um, right. For me, I actually like, again, there's a level of highness that's just not where you want to be when you're doing any kind of fitness. Oh, yeah. But a nice, light high is actually really fun for me in the gym. It helps me make a good, like, mind-muscle connection for whatever reason. Gotcha. 
Also, it's nice for like yoga. Same thing. Yeah. Same kind I mean, of mind I th- muscle. I think it really shuts down the the internal monologue mm-hmm. a little bit, which is helpful to get you into a more present headspace. Um, but to answer your question, I think. I've I, right. I haven't actually dug into full on studies. I don't know why I haven't yet. We but should. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I will. But if, if we'll do a whole episode. I've heard on. that chronic use can lower testosterone and or sperm production. Um, Rats. It can also. <laughs> it, I've also heard that it can disrupt your REM cycle, uh, especially oh. if you use like too close to to bedtime, that kind of stuff. But other than that, I mean, you had Arnold who was in the best shape mm-hmm. of his life and would smoke during, before, after workouts or whatever. Um, yeah, hmm. yeah. So I no, like it's not going to mess up muscle protein synthesis. It's not going to really. I, I think there's more benefits than there are possible, you know, um, hindrances. Yeah, or, or I, I think the biggest effects. hindrance is going to be that it might make you hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much is definitely going to affect the the appetite. So the you have appetite. to go into that consciously to control. If you are on a diet at that point. You know, that kind of binge snacking is not really going to be good for you if it's done chronically. Yeah. I'm hungry sure. all the time anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's. That's why I just, for, for but me. But it's great for people who aren't hungry. So, true. Cool. You can build up appetite. For me, I've just made it a point to most of my snacking is, is done on fruit. So, I'll go through six to eight servings of fruit in any given day. Just palm and bananas. Just palm and bananas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you were getting personal with that banana. Yeah. That's, yes, you I were. was. Yeah, well, you we know, had a very I would like connection. to take a quick moment to brag on my mom. So, my mom has been on Weight Watchers. We talked about that before. And oh, she's yeah, lost yeah. a lot of weight and she, she's got bad hips. So, she's kind of looking at two hip replacements, but she's Oof. doing. PT and she's like really trying to strengthen the hips and she's nice. been going to PT um, pretty religiously and she I literally almost cried she sent me a video uh-huh. of her doing her very first deadlift really I was so proud that's of her that's awesome wow. how old is she she is she's probably going to murder me if I say this <laughs> on the air <laughs> um, she is in her 60s late 60s I think okay alright very nice yeah so yeah I, I, so, I had a, a conversation with a, an 80 year old woman the other day and I, I, it's Shocking to me, I guess it's not really shocking, but the older population is going to benefit probably more so than, than younger population Dude, from, it, from actual absolutely. consistent weight training. She's been doing, like, they've been making her do a lot of different PT, and the yeah. places she's going believes in strength training, so they have her doing, like, farmer's carries and stuff like that. When I saw her, the, so you know, the last two times I saw her, <clears throat> the first time I saw her, she was very wobbly. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of wobbling around, and yeah. she was walking like she looked really good. It's amazing how quickly. And I was like, "Wow, they, what the fuck? Adapt. That was an incredible turnaround!" Yeah, yeah so I'm just really. Proud so of I, I mean, the conversation I had it, in this statement really, really stuck with me. She she said that, you know, I, I know we're in our 80s, but we're very, very young in our heads. Like mm-hmm. they still want to to do activities and be up and about and move around. Yeah, but their bodies are basically telling them no. And society, how many people are like, "Oh, you lose that when you get older, like mm-hmm. that. You just don't have that anymore." Uh, I actually was just having this conversation with my mom, and I'm t- I really wish, and I doubt she, I don't think she listens to the pod, so she's not going to hear me say this. <laughs> I wish she would, but I I totally believe that my mom can change it oh, and flip it Oh, my God, yeah. And Maybe she not easily. Just, That's, you never want to well, trivialize the, okay. the challenge. She's got a good, a good deal of mobility and everything still, though. Yeah. So I feel like she could do she it. Is, yeah, yeah no. she's really mobile. Like She's yeah. in pretty good health yeah. considering everything. Um, but I really think, like I've said to her, I was like, you should try. And she's like, oh, no way. And I'm like, because I made joke because Becky had just run that half marathon. I was yeah, like, why don't you do the next one? Yeah, marathon, actually. Yeah, she did do really well. I was like, why don't you do the next one, mom? Like, kind of joke. But yeah. I was like, seriously, though, you could do it. Because now my daughter has shown interest in running. Oh, cute. Yeah, she was start- we got her sneakers and she, my six-year-old. 
and she has started training with Becky. Oh. She she went for her first run the that other day. That's awesome. Now yeah. again, instilling lifting and running is the go-to there. I, I personally would not recommend for somebody who is more elderly yeah. to start off on a running regimen. Oh, I I, I was just no, I'm not saying you were. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just putting that out there because yeah, other people listening could, could take that and be like, oh, I'm going to get my mom running. No, no, well, no. Well, no, the, no, the no. problem with I that, especially with as an older woman who has possible osteoporosis yeah. at that point, has done no real training up to that point. Now we're going to go tell them to head out there and just put some wear and tear on the body without telling the body to recover. Now that elderly person is going to have joint issues and more pain and yeah, recovery yeah, yeah. issues, and they're not going to work out ever again. Yeah. Where you start them on, like we've done, progressive overload, which could be just you know mild range of motion body weight initially with whatever they can do to build up from. They're not as sore, and they're not struggling to recover, and they're noticing very quickly, like the... The returns come very, very quickly when it's like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm not out of breath getting up. And, oh, I can move around yeah. or, or take care of the yard or, you know, pick these things up. Like, you get a very quick return from that, especially when the body is, is untrained and ready to do that. But that's the only way to rewind the clock and stay younger longer. The average young person is basically just compensating throughout their entire life. If they're not training at all or doing anything active, they are just compensating. So in that population, sure. Things get worse as you get older. Like your body loses that ability to mm -hmm. compensate as well. And the only way to stop that whole compensating cycle is to push yourself a little bit and to train and to train specifically for strength. So you get the more bang for your buck without taking away from your lifestyle drastically. You're literally just adding to your lifestyle with as little uh, you know, burden as possible at that point. And I do do this strength training with the kids. They actually really enjoy the bands. They think the oh, bands nice. are, are awesome. So I have a band. I've talked about it before. I do for my back. Yeah. And it's just hanging over there. And they want to sit. So they'll sit down and I have them do like, like uh, rows. Rows. Like, yeah. yeah good. With it essentially. Nice. And they, they love it. So that's, that's what we usually do with them. And then I, I, I was teaching my daughter how to do squats. Um, cause those, like that 12 pound, that weighted bar, that mm -hmm. like yeah. 12 pound weighted yeah, yeah. bar fits across the, Her little the tiny squat back. rack. So <laughs> little tiny back. Yeah. <laughs> but it fits a quad, it also fits across the squat rack so you can rack it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so we rack it and I'll sit there with her and I'm like, come on. And except I use the, instead of using the J hooks that are on the rack itself, okay. I use the, uh, safety um, bars. the safety yep. bars for her okay. and she uses the safety bars as her squat. And I saw, so I stand in front of her, get her set up. She stands up, she comes back, she does a squat, she goes down, she yeah. comes up, she re-racks it up on nice. the thing. Yeah. And she loves it. She thinks it's cool. She, I didn't, and I let her do, I, I always try to get her to do like a set or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, all right, cool. You're done. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. She you did, did something. Some. And I, and I yep. like I pushing, working out in, in that, with that mindset. Yeah. You know, she's not forcing it in at a young age. You're not forcing them to do something that they're not enjoying. So, you yeah, know, they get to a couple be of years from now, she may be doing full on sets, but not struggling mentally to get in there and do that. She yeah. I want her to have do. a good relationship with it. Yeah. It's the same thing that we've been talking about with food. Like having a good relationship with yes. food. We've had I've I'm still and will always be struggling with the relationship that I have with food because of the years of oh yeah of, of what I turned it into or what it has been for me. Um, which is why we need these protein recipes and all these different things because I still want to eat that stuff oh, because absolutely. that's what I grew up. But if I grew up eating chicken and broccoli and I was comfortable and okay with that. I wouldn't need all these ridiculous protein right. things because I would just be eating my chicken and broccoli that I'm <laughs> used to. 
But that's not how we how I was raised. It's no. not how and most it, people are raised. And this this is my main drive for doing what I'm doing. Like it, I've had this com- this conversation with myself this morning. Like my main you talk drive. Talk to yourself a lot. Is that I how do. it works? Very often. That's an ADHD thing. But <laughs> <laughs> nonstop conversations in my head. Luckily, I rarely answer myself back. Uh, <laughs> and that's not a conversation then, Mike. So Just I've, so you know, I've accepted like. I'm not going to be one of those people that is legitimately remembered forever. Like my mark on humanity is not going to be this, this big presidential type thing or whatever. So I'm comfortable with if I can spread to a thousand different families who now push on good habits to their kids and then they to their kids and their kids, their kids, et cetera, et cetera. I've done some good in the world at that point. And that's exactly what you're doing now. We are struggling now so that the youth can come up and have it much, much easier to reverse all of this, this, you know, uh, obesity epidemic and, and create a healthier, happier social environment, if yeah, you will. Yeah, my kids are both in pretty good <clears throat> shape. I mean, I, like, they eat really great. Yeah. They, they still don't even like, like, they don't like soda. They don't like... Mm-hmm. That's nice. Most yeah. crap. And I mean, they're... That's great. Satiated with, actually, like healthy thing that's conscious parenting and that's awesome yeah it's it is not always easy it Mm -hmm. is not always the first thing you think of because it is way easier to grab a bag of doritos and say here just eat this and just put them in front of the tv yeah i mean i do do that sometimes so sometimes is was the key word there i get that that's still okay to do it's what we do it's what you do the most and the most consistently that is the most important but as we said we're trying to set them up for a better tomorrow, and so they don't have to figure out what they're. Emo- I'm trying to have a really good transition here. Oh, you're nailing, and I'm not <laughs> doing not awkward great. at all. Not awkward at all. <laughs> so one of the things Mike wanted to talk about today, and what I was trying to get into, is the emotional drive to change. Yes, and that's what I was saying about setting up my kids is so that they don't have to get to that quote unquote, like bottom out the emotional so they can rock, find bottom, the emotional rock yeah. bottom so they can figure out what their, what the emotional drive is then for your change. I guess it's kind of different for everybody, Mike. Is oh, that what? Like, absolutely. And like, so do you have to rock bottom before you can no. make a change. And I, ideally I'd like for people not to, but rock bottom is a very powerful spot yeah, no to sure. be in. Um, and, it, and it can be a huge catalyst for change. But no, it does not have to be rock bottom. I prefer people not have to get to rock bottom. And most of my clients are not at rock bottom. They just realize there needs to be change or they see something that they want to be or you know, they feel more self-conscious than they should. And I've had the same conversation um, that I've had with, with you where mm-hmm. you know, I, I enjoy my life and I'm, and I'm pretty happy, but I, I feel like I could be healthier and, and happier and a better example for my kids and... And people around me, and I, I think that's that's a great drive. You know, when I'm talking to somebody, and the the only thing they can give me is I want to look good naked. Well, yeah, sure, we we all want to fucking look good naked, but that's not enough of an emotional drive for for me to want to take that person on as a client. That is somebody that I will often have to babysit and continue to reach out to, and and that's just not why because the it's not enough. It's not enough of a drive, and and typically from just your experience, like that's not enough for yes. some people. For most people, that is not enough. Now, if they're young enough and you know they're trying to, to be out and try and figure out how to have a social lifestyle and get the girls and et cetera, et cetera, that could be enough at that yeah, point. But, but things and priorities change, uh, you know, as you you age as well. So a twenty-something year old client 
versus a 30-something-year-old client that simply wants to look good naked is not enough. Like that 30-year-old is likely in a relationship or married, pretty comfortable. A lot of them have kids at this point. Like they, they may say, that was a big train drive yeah. for me. Was and kids. they may enjoy their life for the most part. So just saying I want to look good naked, not enough. It's just it's just not enough for that that. What have you change. give us some examples of like I don't know better, more motivational type things that uh, you've yeah. heard from people probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, a, a lot of it is I like it when it's kid driven, and and I often have to to push and not push, but that ask more questions yeah. and get a little bit deeper to get somebody to kind of open up a little bit. I'll be like, that's what I've been looking for right there. That that right there, and it's often. They'll have a few examples of, you know, they took their shirt off at a pool party and just spent the whole time miserable and looking around and insecure, or somebody's made comments to them, or they've always struggled with weight issues and been made fun of and or bullied. And one of my more recent clients, um, like, literally cried on the, the first Zoom call I had with her and, and a couple of other ones since then. And, you know, people have been struggling long enough, and especially if they're young, and that's all they've really, really known it's brutal to, to see. And to me, like this, the second she started crying, I was like, we're, we're good. Okay. Like yeah. we're good. We're going to get to the bottom of this, but I want you to know, I want to coach you. Okay. We will figure this out together. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I've been working and it's, it's difficult for, do you think a lot of people are like, look, there's this, I mean, I don't know how many people are motivated by this kind of thing, but like if there's something that they want to do physically that they found that they like just can't, do yeah that's huge sure, especially right? when you say, throw the word i personally can't can invest yeah. to that um so and i and to go into what you were saying about not being around, like i don't feel like i was at rock bottom emotionally no, with no, no, it no. at all and for me it was finding that drive even during the process i kind of knew i wanted to like try something I, I i've been talking about getting in shape i did not have any of the insecurities of taking off my shirt right i did not have insecurities in terms of those things like i was fat and happy to use a <laughs> coin but and yeah. but genuinely like i could do pretty much everything that i wanted except the couple things that bothered me was my limitations physically yeah right? and like i as you guys know i were, i'm a pool player and i i like love pool but i could play pool for hours except my body couldn't right and my back would hurt so bad either the next day or, and I would struggle with that physical limitation. So part of me was like, if I want to play more, I need to like do something about that so that I can physically handle that. In the same respect, the limitation that I hit was with my kids. That was the biggest drive for most of this. Good, as though. I've been able to play with them more. And I didn't even realize, like, I felt like I was, even though I was like fat and happy, I, I felt like I was okay. Like I could still run around a little bit. I could do this. Right. I didn't even realize how limited I was until I started changing a little bit and went, wow, this is so much right. easier. Holy crap. What a difference this is. Yeah. Like wrestling around with my kids now is nothing compared to what it was. Even I, and, and like I've said this before now that things have changed is I still not used to this body. Like I just, I'm, I, I spent 15 years or so with the other one more um but that was about how long i was overweight that that overweight and so like this now being in better shape like even getting up off a couch i it's no longer a burden well i'm used <laughs> to pushing off my knees yeah. to get up and having to and then i'll start pushing off my knees i'm like uh, oh oh wait <laughs> and i just stand up i'm like oh, oh yeah i can i can do that now yeah. like 
Yeah, that's but a see, good the, motivator. Everything you're talking about, one, is amazing. And I'm not... And I'm not, no, but I'm saying like in terms of the emotional, I, I guess I, I bring, I, I feel like I bring that up to brag and that. No, 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 like that, that that's not how I'm like taking it at not, all, but it, it almost doesn't go in line with what we're talking about now. Cause your, your scenario was, was different and you were motivated and dedicated once you got into it to do that. So you started to find these things on the change because you basically committed to the change and we had a couple of different accountability tools, but we're talking about basically the, the emotions to even get started. Well, I, I guess that's what I was saying is like, there's also the part of like that emotion and that emotional change comes with the change. Yes. That emo- that's, yes. that's also, okay. so like I, what I'm, I guess that's what I was trying is like the physical limitations bothered me. So I right. started something with that. And because I didn't have that emotional, like, I really, it was like, I have these couple physical limitations, which mm-hmm. is what like, you would ask about an example of. And so I started to change for that. And then I was like getting emotionally connected Absolutely. in the change. And so the emotion, like, if you're at a point right now, and like, we're going to talk about more, we're going to go more in depth about yeah. the emotional, finding that emotional connection. And you're like, I don't have that emotional connection. It might come it by evolves. just starting the it process. Evolves. And it definitely yeah. evolves. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. That's. No, you were, you that was a very long-winded way of getting to because that point. Because everything but. you've discussed is valid, and I think people need to, to hear that very fact that your emotions and your drive does evolve, and, and things do get better and oftentimes easier, you know, but that goes up and down on, on what you identify as, as easy for sure. But for the, the initial change and that, um, that initial emotional deep dive, and this is also one of the reasons why well, I have a sliding scale, but I have to, you know, it's, it's not really, ex- <laughs> training no matter what is going to be expensive, but I charge about half as much as it costs for an in-person personal trainer at this point per month. And it feels like a lot to me, but I've tried charging yeah. as little as I can because I just want to help. Yeah. And there is a balance to that. And that's why I have to also still have deep, deeper dive, uh, deeper dives with people when I talk to them to find out how much I can charge to keep this person accountable. Because I need as many accountability tools in place as possible so that when they're having a hard time, be like, no, no, I'm invested. I, I voted with my dollars for this and I'm going to commit to it. And that, that is another way of helping on the hard days. And I think another way too is, is you see a lot of stuff, um, you, know, you see David Goggins and you see the, the what's the, the Navy SEAL guy that does a lot of stuff. Way retired Navy SEAL, Jocko, Jocko with this podcast. You have a lot of people out there that are basically yelling at people, telling them to suck it up, (laughs) telling them that they're they're fucking up and they're being lazy and you need to commit and there has to be discipline. And and all those things are are basically right. It's super intense. It's It's so intense intense, and it appeals to a certain sect of the population who are like, yeah, you're fucking right. I I do got to get up and this is horseshit that I'm doing this. And that's great if that works for you, but that does not work for everybody. And I've found that I have gotten more in touch with people and more progress out of people by deep diving into empathy. You know, the, the second I learned that my mentality of, God, I know what works, like just, just do this and you're not doing this and that's why you're not getting results. The second I was like, oh shit, you know, my psychology is different than other people's. And this really, really digs into the, the psychology of, of change. You have to be able to empathize with the person in front of you as opposed to just picking a certain sect of the population. I would get significantly richer because the riches are in the niches if I picked a niche and only targeted that and became that professional. But I I found that to be too limited of an approach when I want to help the people that I can help. You know, so empathy is, is way more valuable to me 
than forcing that sort of discipline into somebody via aggression and yelling and, and yeah, whatever. I don't think that works for even a majority of people, honestly. No, no, the yelling. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, sure, there's like probably a, a subgroup of people that that works for, but I think generally most people are not going to respond. No, I, I agree. But you see how many followers these these people oh, have. For sure, yeah, you're right. Because but, but, I feel like well, that's no, the it's, it's not that. I, I'm I'm proving your point here. There's there's a lot of people in this world. And a lot of people are going to subscribe and listen and talk about change. But it's, it's like, uh, did you guys ever said you did P90X, right? Yeah. Did well, you finish yeah. it? No, I don't think so. so. So here's my point. And you're very physically active, yeah. very strong. Same thing. I had zero interest in finishing the thing. Yeah, it was Zero was interest. So that's going to beach body and P90X, they don't give a shit if they have a 90% success rate going through that because they have enough numbers pouring through it. What do you think their success rate is? Because it's probably I, super I, shitty. I put it at probably... Five percent at, at but most. What do you classify as success? They finished getting it. through the program. Oh, finishing not, not just program. finishing, getting through the program, and then going through their their twelve hundred calorie diet, which I believe is super low calorie, and you're getting their products, and managed to finish it and show a transformation. Well, so five percent of a million people still shows a lot of transformations that they can now post online. Look how successful this is. Well, all right, five percent. Now again, don't quote us on this. I'm not looking to get sued by people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yet. I believe it's a low percentage that are going to get through that it's thing. It's just fucking hard, man. It's very, very difficult, especially if you're pushing yourself and trying to enact change on a very low calorie diet. And you know, the, I, the reason, the other thing is that, that it's a program that is sold to just cha- make all these changes all at one time. Which yeah, is and it's built off their own products. Like, that's the part I think, like, I had friends who were Beachbody coaches, yeah. and they did really well, and they had a lot of results, but the, like... Beachbody doesn't set you, at least this is how I feel with it, and this is kind of what I got well, from them. About this, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't set you up to be like, okay, now go out on your nope. own. You've said with your own words that I, the idea is that you don't need me anymore. Correct. And that's not how Beachbody is set up. The Beachbody is like, oh, cool, you don't need this anymore. Now we have this product. Right. Come use this one instead. Well, you've and learned like, nothing. I, we constantly have, as long as you stay with us on our subscription for as this long with all of these things coming in, you'll be fine. But as minute you step away from Beachbody, you're screwed. And that's that's the the problem with the fitness industry in general. Even the the coaching mentorship programs that I paid close to thirty grand for over the course of two years. Their only drive is to get the credit cards, get them on the phone, get the sale, get the sale, get the sale. And, oh, you don't have a next phase? you you got to keep these clients. Here's client retention. I, I, I don't resonate with that. You mm-hmm. empower people. Like, you empower them, and then I, I just I believe putting that good out is going to bring the, the good back. Those people that I have I've given the freedom to, my most recent client is, is one of those. That's a referral from three or four years ago when I coached this guy is now, you know, my highest paying client at this point currently. And it's that good will come back. It will yeah. come back. So I don't want somebody on the hook for the rest of their damn life and putting my coaching on credit card. I, I just, I don't want it. Don't want it. And, but that's what they're teaching. And I see people in these Facebook groups because I'm still, you know, in them and I just see stuff when it pops up. Maybe I'll, I'll learn something that'll help me fine tune my process a little bit better. But not everybody can be a coach. Not everybody is, is prepped for that. You, you see people coming into the mix that just want to make money and being promised five, 10 grand a month. Just go through these, go through the sales scripts, go through. You don't, you don't touch people with sales scripts. You just don't. You get the sale, and they're, they're effective. The psychology of sales is well known. But you don't touch people with a sales script. 
And so that it takes the feeling and it takes the empathy out of the mix. And that, that could be a very well-intentioned coach. But any, yeah. any client that I have to convince to invest in themselves at this point is already going to be trouble. Like, I just, I don't want it. So I'd, I'd rather put that out there. I want to empower people. I want, I want, you know, like I've said, I don't want repeat business. I want referral business. And if you're here listening to us, you've already taken the first step of yeah. trying to find a way to better yourself. And so that's a big step. That's a, that's I, a big I, step. I hide none of my coaching methods on here. Like yeah. the, the, the stuff is spread throughout these podcasts and my content, I, I want it out there for free. I don't charge. I'll talk all damn day about this. I don't charge for that. I charge for full accountability of a program, which a lot of people need. But that's what you're paying me for. One, I'm a great fucking coach. But <laughs> you're paying me for accountability. And that's what a lot of us need for, for a lot of different things. I, I mean, I think it's accountability, but I also think it's you're paying you for the mindset. Like I, I've said oh, this a absolutely. million times, and I, I cannot overemphasize it enough to realize that the demons that you fight in your own head when you th think you have failed or you think you've screwed something up, that those are way worse than reality. And Mike taught me how to view things differently. Um, so we are just past, uh, it is the, today is Monday after, after uh, Easter. It do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be a few weeks past Easter, but currently we're recording the day after Easter. And had I gone through a weight loss thing scenario in the past, and then had Easter, I would have been miserable. Yeah. But I realized even just all the math and all the things, I can eat, enjoy, have a good time, and then be okay. And I did. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you're not going to be, uh, like, it's not like all the years of work that you've put in are now destroyed because you ate. Yeah. That's something that, even though you think you may know, actually having somebody who's a fitness professional remind you and say these things to you and be like hey like i can't even tell you how many times i'm like yeah i kind of failed at this and you're like dude well what's kind of nice about well, yeah what's nice about mike is like you're almost confessing your sins you're like all right look man <laughs> yesterday i ate three thousand calories and i really fucked up and it's always nice because mike's like hey chill you didn't fuck up you know like it's you ate some food on a holiday and you're gonna eat some food on a holiday for every holiday for the rest Correct. of forever Correct. and that's okay so it's like, it is really nice to be like look my mental space right now is that I screwed some shit up and Mike is going to come in and pick you right back up and be like, it's cool. You know, you didn't fuck some shit up. You're living your life. Yeah. Which is what you're doing. You, you guys know, are making so. me emotional. Oh my God, Michael, don't cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a relationship I want to foster with my clients. Like I, I'm telling them, I don't, I don't want you to not track something because you think you fucked up. I want to see the big picture. I want you to see the big picture so that you then will realize long term how these little blips are not actual fuck-ups. They are you living your damn yeah. life. And holidays are not every day. So enjoy them mm -hmm. and realize that all the days in between are the I mean, days Taco that you Tuesday can be more consistent. Week. I'm just saying. <laughs> what a holiday. Which, not every day. So you're, you're good. So you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I get the emotion. We talk about it all the time. Emotions are the... They're our driving force, basically, unless you can... It's so wild to me that emotions are the biggest driving force yeah. in human reactions, yet they are the most dramatically changing thing that we have. Yep. Like Isn't that weird? It's so weird. Like, Being a human they drive is weird. you by so... Like, so much of your choices and your decisions are driven by emotion, yet tomorrow you may feel completely different than you did today. Yep. 
Right. Your emotions and, and can be completely I different. I think that's often because people will just let their emotions run wild. And I'm not saying that as in you should control your emotions. To a certain extent, that's, I believe that that's true. But there's a piece in accepting the way you feel in any given moment, but not necessarily making a decision based off of it. And yeah, I'm not saying hard. like I do that perfectly. No, yeah, I see what these, you're but, saying. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's being more conscious and even forgiving your emotions. Like you feel some rage because somebody cuts you off in, in traffic. Like, cool. All right. I don't know what kind of day that person's having. I'm actually fine right now. Why am I letting that idiot yeah, get to me right? Don't let that kind of get in your right. in your head. For so sure. you get to have the emotion. Forgive yourself for having the emotion. You're allowed to have emotions, but and you still try to make a logical let decision. Let them drive after you. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a balance. I fully believe between logic and emotion. And if you can tie those together to a certain extent, have your emotion, emotion, but reason with a little bit, and let's see how you really, really feel. Where are you at right now? I feel like logic is totally capable. Except for the example you just gave, in a car driving, I do not have any. <laughs> the logic is gone, huh? Gone. Yeah. No, I am the most raging. Like, scream! I have my kids in the back. I'm like, you. What the? What the? My, I've been driving, and my mom, she just like looks at me, and I'm like, what? Did you not see? I can't help it. I've, I've downgraded. I've, I've been there, but I've, I've downgraded. I'm just like, I, Ugh. I am not going to let that person affect the rest of, of my, my day. day. Yeah, and you're right. I a lot of things that. will do that no. to you. Ugh. I don't know. Driving is one of those things that just bothers me. <laughs> what other thing in American culture can you take a test when you're 16 years old and that works for the rest of your life? I know. How ridiculous is that? That should be I a mean, repeat you, you think if it didn't really work, like they'd have way more wrecks than we actually do, I would think. No. I, we I, have, you, it is. How many wrecks, how many wrecks have you been in? Thing, me, personally, yeah. Yeah. three. Okay. And how many years have you been driving? I also have lots of more experience driving. No, than I get most that, people. but in a car, you only have so much room to get around other people. Other people can still fuck up your day by getting in a wreck around you or running into you. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like it's sure. There's, there's way more wrecks than like airplane crashes, well, and there's plentiful wrecks when there's seven billion people on the planet. Where is it? Is it like Germany or something where like the driving test is like very? It's it's, like it's a, more extensive. It's like a long, they have the Autobahn there. I yeah, my, my parents had to do that. I, I was 17 when we came back from Germany, so I never had to do that. I just don't understand how, when you're 16 years old, you can take this test and you're good until you die. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I I think at probably a certain age, especially when vision statistically starts to go, you should probably go back in for another test. I don't care if it's do it every five years or every 10 years. Shit. Yeah. Or every 10. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, it's easy. If you well, don't have I mean, to fucking drive, yeah, you should take you know five minutes of your goddamn life. <laughs> and, like, I have no problems. You want to retest me? Cool. Like, I'll go yeah. in and I'll pass the test. And if I failed, then I shouldn't be on the freaking road. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, it, it would make things safer. I yeah, agree. big time. And if, it, if, and if the people believe nothing me. else other than get the fuck out of the left-hand lane unless you're passing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, one, that one annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> the other part of that, too, is, like, laws change. And how That's the hell true. do you know if the laws change? What like, kind of law? What's changed? Road signs change, laws no. change. Yeah, the slowpoke laws. There's a bunch of new laws or that if we're you not move, in place and we got just talking about. If you, you know, move, slowpoke law, you you're just talking be, about it. Jesus. I, I mean, there's you, a minimum speed. You can't go below that. I know If you're that. like... If you're going too slow for the flow of traffic, you can get ticketed. That's yes. always been a thing. No. Passing on the right lane, on the right hand side, that has changed. You can or cannot? You can now. You used to not be able to. Well, it's the person in the left hand lane fault for driving so slow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't know. But and also they vary state to state. So if you move, that's true too. You don't have to take a new driver right, test. Right. That's like, true. You know what I found? You ever driven I've in New Jersey? They got circles. signs as 
you know, suggestions, suggestions, Mm. if you will. But I found that that makes me a more aware driver. If I'm approaching an intersection as a stop sign and I've looked both ways and there's no cars coming, I'm just going. You know I'm just going. So I'm aware. I don't signal. Is that what you're going to tell the officer when he pulls you over? Or what's the plan? No, I'm going to be like, officer, I have my head up my ass. This is all, this is all on me. Like, I, I will accept the ticket at that point. That's another yeah. thing. I'm not going to argue with the cop. You also have to understand like, the consequences of that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And be willing I to accept the consequences. 100% do. Because I'm down. Like, I get that. Like, all right, I effed up. Cool. All right. I tried to get away with it. Yeah. I didn't. I do, I do the same thing if I'm speeding. I'm not going to. Cop pulls me over. I. I that's on me. Yeah. Like, it's legitimately on me. And you know what? I don't signal unless there's another car to see it. Like, what the fuck am I going to signal for otherwise? If there's nobody behind me and there's nobody coming where I'm turning, <laughs> I don't bother signal. So I'm aware of what I'm doing. When so I signal, aware it's done for a purpose. I'm well, saving, I'm saving my signal bulbs. No one sees him <laughs> not being an asshole, right? <laughs> Here's five bucks. Go buy a new one. <laughs> see, see, to me, that's made me more aware of my surroundings. I know what's coming. I know what's behind me at this point. So I choose to signal when it actually makes a damn difference. There are so many listeners that have just turned off the podcast they and are have. like, I will never listen to this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suggesting you do what I do. I'm just telling you what I do do. do. Yeah. What do you do? The, dri- that, the driving thing just blows my mind mind the idea of that like there's so many things that are like there's nothing else could you imagine i know name the thing you, you one time take a test for like what are, what's something we have to get Flying tested airplane. On all the time yeah <laughs> like when you're 16 you take one little test good to go yeah and it's a bare bones minimum test like yeah also like you don't yeah you can still fuck up some shit and pass which is stupid like did you know <laughs> on the highways the green, like, so the green signs that say, like, the exit, but then the little green sign that, that actually has the, the exit mile number. The, that, no, that has no. the exit, yeah, oh. the exit number. Uh-huh. Whatever side of the big sign that's on, that's, that's the, the side, side the exit the exit the, the exit yeah. on. I didn't know that. But a lot of the, a lot until, of the left yeah. exit until, like, ones will tell you left exit, too, so. Yeah, but it's just, but there's so much stuff. Like, yeah. how do you not, uh, it just bothers me. I feel like we really got off topic on that one. <laughs> this is one of the things I go. That was this, a Victor tangent. Yeah, no. Victor is very emotional. Boom, I will have full this. circle. Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> but notice it wasn't until I got Victor, into it. Victor, I hope that, I that your traffic driving aggression doesn't lead you to make poor eating choices Ooh, or something like because that. Because of your emotions. Because Boom, of your double emotions. Full circle. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, we said before to pull it back into the fitness thing. Emotions really do, like, we make so many decisions based off of emotions. We talk about emotional eating Yeah, sometimes it's certainly hard to separate your emotions from a logical decision. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It's so tied. Also, like, you can get, like, I'm someone with that anxiety pretty bad, um, and that kind of ties up in there. Depending on, like, what's going on with your life, you get really emotional, and sometimes, like, I get very much into, like, a mind state where it's, like, I'm always just preparing for the worst kind of a deal. Like, that's not really a great place to be either. No. Yeah. You know. I, and I get that. That's that's part of the chronic PTSD from being in the military. I've got that hypervigilance. I know something's going to go wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting in a loop here. Yeah, right it's a danger <laughs> loop. <laughs> yeah, but is there something... Is there, it's not bad, though, to prepare for the worst. I feel like that... Like- I am not an action star ninja. So if I'm in a restaurant looking around, planning out what happens if some people bust in there armed... Oh, probably, that kind of the worst. Oh, I'm literally everything. I watch everybody in a crowd. I know who's moving weird. I know who's coming up behind me a little too quickly yeah, or on my peripheral bad. vision. 
but it's, like it's called hypervigilance, and it's a little much because what am I going to do? I'm going to do a, I'm going to throw the table in the way of the bullets. I'm going to flip over that back seat there. I'm going for the legs. I got the gun. Boom, boom, boom. Other guys are down because I'm a sharpshooter. <laughs> so no, it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not quite right. I mean, it'll pay. I, I it, don't do that. That's I, a level right. of, I don't do that. It'll for me, pay it's off like, in an emergency because I'm not going to freeze. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but you're going to die because you're going to try to flip the table and they're going to shoot you. I don't know that I'll go that far. I'm going to react to the scenario. It's like any search and rescue case I've ever been on. If I ever made a plan, that case never went As according planned. to, yeah, <laughs> like when you show up, it's never yeah. what they've reported. Yeah. So I've, I am just open and I've, it's, it's funny, it's stuck with me from a, a Jack Reacher book because I've read all those multiple times. But there's a thing where people, you know, you got that flight or f- fight or flight, or, or there's also a freeze in there. And a lot of people, when they see something that they did not expect to show up, will freeze. And that's how I you I have die. seen that so many times in my yeah. life. But where I'm like, you can't just not do anything no, right now. We're in a scenario we, where the options are do something. Even, even if your <laughs> only thing you have in your head to do is dive to the side, like... Fucking do it, but you got it. You have to move. You cannot freeze. That time for like the home and, and see, this is where my head goes. If it's home invasion, like you answer your door and somebody's there and starts to raise a gun at you, what are you going to do? Yeah. Just sit there and let them shoot Close you? Close the door, move, do Close something. Close the door, move, do something. But <laughs> yeah. never be surprised to the point where you are frozen. Yeah, but I don't think people can control that. Yeah. You like, can control that a... by talking it through because it, in not every scenario, but if you have it in your head, because when I say don't be surprised, I mean don't be surprised to, to inaction, essentially. If something shows up that you did not expect, spend zero time reasoning out why it's there. Get the fuck out. Reason the other way. Like, you have to have this thing in your head to move. Just move. And if that stays in your head, you have what more of a chance of What I was talking about was, like, <laughs> if I'm in a scenario where something potentially could be happening... You know, whether it's at home, maybe you're potentially going to go do something or whatever. My brain is always thinking, how is this going to go wrong? Right. Right. Or like, what is the worst scenario in that particular yeah. scenario? Which I could see it could deal. be really detrimental for somebody if they're on a weight loss journey. Right. Because like, then you're how am I going to f up? How am I going to f up this success that I'm having? Right. How I feel like so now that I'm eating back at maintenance, I feel like that. I have that in my head that I'm like, I'm eating too much. I'm going to F this up. I'm going to gain all this weight back. I know, even though I know the numbers right. and I've still jumped on the scale and I, and I'm at 191 consistently yeah, within yeah. the 191, which as we said, like I was at 189 with the lightest, but I'm eating more. So consistently I have more, yep. uh, gut um, content, gut stuff, content. Yeah. I can never, that just didn't want to come out. You can just say, Inside poops. (laughs) More poopy (laughs) in my body. (laughs) I had to explain that to my son the other day because, anyway, I don't want to go off on another tangent. But explaining to a three-year-old the idea of poop is in your body until it comes out, hysterical. I bet he loved that. Oh, man, it was (laughs) awesome. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think people do have a habit of thinking negatively more than they do positively. Yeah. So I started trying to push a a 50-50 thought process on, on people when it comes to a situation, it's a 50% chance that it's going to be amazing and a 50% chance it's going to be bad. Like That's the, the yeah. least you should ever have options-wise because you're going in with like 90 to 100% bad. That's just not the right mindset. What I try to do is like instead of being overly positive or overly negative, I try to be like realistic. Realistic, yep. Yeah. So how do you manage it's hard. then emotions? So how have you seen it with the clients that you've had, Mike? And I guess just the experience in general, I guess I'll open it up for both of you, you and yeah. Chrissy here. How do you manage your emotional state to keep that positive 
vibe. I know that you're saying keep it 50 50, but you can't just be like, all right, 50 50, here it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes, that's not exactly. Yes, you, yes, you can. Hold so, on, hold on, hear me out. Okay. Yes, you, yes, you can, just not necessarily on the front zone. It's sort of like we've talked about when it comes to intuitive eating. Like, that should be the end goal, not the first step. So, repetition, and a lot of people don't like fake it till you make it. I do. That's how I developed my confidence, is literally faked it till I made it. And it sort of becomes you via patterns and consistency and, and habits that you build. So if the first thousand times you say 50-50, let's go in and get this done and just see what happens. You know, the first thousand times you do that, you're still going to be probably closer to 60, 70, 80 on the negative side. But it starts to creep back up to the middle until you have established the habit of being more positive, being more conscious in your thought processes. It starts with conscious effort. It is not a foolproof system. It is not overnight change for the vast majority of people. I, I would say nobody, but you know, there's always outliers. Um, it's, it's just that conscious effort. And everybody these days is looking for that easy button, the easy solution, the, the best choice of go-to. And I, I'll say it, the, the best choice is always going to be long-term consistency, not perfection. In everything, yeah. yeah not, you're you're but, right. But that's like, the thing. It is in I everything. I agree with you. It is more you have to make a conscious decision to, you know, stop letting yourself go super deep into what ifs, what could happen, what's the worst thing that could happen, trying to almost fake the happiness in your life. I mean, that sounds stupid, but, you know you're responsible for your own happiness. Like you can, yes. people are always like looking yes. for happiness. Like they're going to lift a rock and find it there. No. It's not going <laughs> to be there. It's not going to pop out and bite you. Yeah. You kind of have to like want it in a way and like try to put that in the forefront of your brain it's to perception. be like, it, it is. is heavily perception. And if so, you perceive yeah, yourself like to be you, happy, you can generate that happiness for yourself. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I keep thinking, and I watched, I watched iRobot this morning for oh, my workout. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I've been meaning to watch it again for a while. But it, it got me thinking, have, you know, you've got all these robots that are doing everything for the people. How's that going to help an obesity epidemic? Um, and then you've got... Does it I, work I, them out too? No. They, they, they even just, the, the robots are walking the dogs. The yeah, people are I'm just saying, basically... Do the robots have electrodes? Do they just touch them and their muscles oh, contract? See, now we're back to bionic oh. gym. Oh. Which I did the research on, by the way. Yeah, and yeah, that was going to be another thing I was going to oh, tie in. Oh, I want to talk about that. Okay, go Everybody ahead. wants the easy button. So, and I, I, I posit that if you were to hook yourself up to the bionic gym and get skinny by sitting on, on the couch for an hour a day, and that's all you really did to build yourself up, you would still not be happy. So people are missing that you get this easy button. It's like, again, we talked about this too. You get cheat codes for any kind of video game that you're playing. The yeah. second you get cheat codes, the game becomes boring. You didn't earn it. You did not apply Anything. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to want to keep it, to have the motivation to continue to if it's yeah. just like you didn't do anything to get there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nothing. And and so the, the quick research, because that's what my next post is gonna be about, is is these uh you have NMES and then TENS unit. And the the uh, NMES is is neuromuscular uh, electronic stimulation, yeah. I think, or electronic subcutaneous something. Anyways. Um, and they vary slightly different from the, the TENS units. And the, the bionic gym is basically a big TENS unit. Now, every study that they link you to from the bionic gym site, one, throughout all the studies, one of the, the last statements that's in there, or a resounding statement, is that this has shown promising stuff for people with spinal cord injuries or paraplegics or something to you know, increase a little bit of strength in, in cardio to, to basically a, a sedentary individual at that point. Uh, one of the studies was done, and it had the units put up to maximum that the person could bear. Stand, yeah. yeah. 
and it, it recorded up to about 375 calories of um, expended energy. Heart rate was up, so you had a cardiorespiratory response. These were not done on, on healthy, active individuals at that point. They did do some on that with, with less of a result. Um, and then there was another study that did everything with the O2 and up to a, a lower level of what it can do, and they burned 75 calories over the course of the hour. And so if you bear in mind, too, that that 375-calorie expenditure, some of that's going to be just the person existing as it is, you're at max threshold sitting on your couch. Your whole body is vibrating, and by the end of that, you've burned a slice of pizza for that misery at that point. Yeah. And they related it to taking an, an hour-long walk. Like, you could burn that many calories on an hour-long walk, and it's going to be healthier for the body. And you've gone out, and you've, you've earned something at that point, and it's helpful. But if you look at the, the bionic gym or any TENS unit or something that's shocking your body into burning calories, that's exercising for the sake of burning calories, which we've talked about, is never, ever, ever should that be the goal. Because now you're in a, re a repetitious cycle. Yeah, you, know, you, are, you are earning your meals by just exercising and burning calories. You have created no extra strength, no extra bone density, no thickened connective tissue, no, uh, you know, life is easier now because you're stronger type stuff for more bang for your buck. You can get 20 to 30 minutes of lifting two to three times yeah, a week and get more imagine. benefit I, than I, I wish there was either. less No, it's of not coming. That's what I'm saying. Max of what you can bear. And you look at these people that yeah, are... That sounds awful. Yeah, the, you look at these people that are, that are Netflix and chill-executing themselves. chill and, <laughs> and they look miserable. They're just sweating. Their whole bodies are vibrating. I'm like... That's, so we were talking about the emotional response. Like, how it's got to be harder to... Like, you're literally... Tor like, to me, it feels like... Tor I, I'm sp speaking from experience because I we had... I remember my buddy had one of the... Those belts. belly Remember ones, those yeah. belly ones? Oh, yeah. It's the same it principle. Hurts. It's now coming yeah. back around. When you put it on, it hurts. Yeah. But you could sit there and like just, and you're like, ow, 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 as it like contracted yeah. on you. So it wasn't comfortable. So you're torturing yourself for an hour. As opposed they're to saying. just going for a walk. Yeah. You know what I wish that there was less of is like this like weird thought process or correlation that people generally have between working out and eating. Like they think. Oh, I worked out hard. So now I can so eat. So now I'm going to go eat something. It's like, hey, whatever you just did was not enough. No. Calorie you, burn to like constantly. Exercising so like people for the sake of calorie People go to the gym and the they're point. like, I went to the gym and now I'm giving myself some celebratory meal. And it's like, uh, I mean, I'm like, eating look, two eat pieces the food of cake. if you want right. to eat the food, by all means. But like, don't, don't use it as an excuse. Don't, exactly, well, like, one, don't use it, food as a reward. Right. Working out and food. They're, they're like, two, not yeah, you just, you cannot effectively burn enough calories to adjust your diet unless you're like Michael Phelps who's yeah. swimming for six sure, hours a day to train for the Olympics. If you're that kind of an athlete, sure. But yep. that's just what your body needs at that point. I don't want to work out that much. You out of your fucking no. mind? I mean, like Michael Phelps, he was burning a fucking lot of calories. That's my point. So he therefore, literally he was, was swimming eating six a fucking hours lot of calories a day. But if you're going to the gym and you're doing a little diddly gym session, like you're not, I mean, you're probably not even going to burn off a slice of pizza depending on where the pizza came from. It depends on the person. You're working out hard for an hour? Sure. About a slice of pizza. But yeah. that's that's about it. Yeah. And that's not everybody. No. Well, I rarely work depends. out hard enough for a full I don't slice work of pizza. Out that it's hard. Just not necessary. <laughs> it depends if you're going to, if that's your goal, though, too, right? Because. If you're just using the scale as your determining factor, like, okay, I give myself the slice of pizza, I'm eating, like, but you're still going to have body changes. Like, you're still going to gain muscle. You're still going to have 
differences sure. in your body. So I'm just not dropping the, the body food fat. Is that negating you, the gym. But I'm not just a, saying. Yes, you I, have I, that's to be what I, I just want. You guys are counting yeah. lifting weights here. We were touching on the bionic gym, which is the same, similar. Like they're trying to make it as to going out and doing an hour of cardio. Oh yeah. So that's not going to make the aesthetic and physical changes that are going to really really come with excess calorie burn over days. I just want to say you're literally doing a change. Did not remove what benefit you still got benefits from sure, and you'll still get a little bit benefit from a cardio respiratory response as well, but the, but the people who are digging into that mode are not thinking like that. They're like, yeah. exercise, I burn calories, cool, now let's go eat. I'm and it's a, it's a nonstop circulating kind yeah, of... And I just feel bad because I think that we just kind of see that a lot on social media and yeah. it kind of is like was a thing that is like very like in people's brains where yeah. it's like, fuck yeah, we go to the gym and then we go eat. And it's like, okay... But if your goal is like weight loss or something like you're probably like spinning your tires a little bit at this point. Right. I mean, you unless know? the rest of your day is kind of planned out. Like sure. eating after the gym is, is fine. Yeah. But if you're using this whole reward thing and, and exercise just to, to eat and not gain weight, like you're, you're in this, this circle forever at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, when we make small architectural changes to the body like you do via weightlifting, like you now have this stuff for a very long period of time. If you do it for lifelong, you've got it forever basically at that point. And so eating has a different impact on the body. You're not just exercise calories out so that my calories in don't make me fat or so I maybe lose some weight over the course of a, a significant amount of time. It's, there's so much focus on, we've talked about that too, the, the shredded physique and, and looking good naked and there should be way more of an emphasis on how you feel and, and you know, how healthy you are and how energetic you are and the things you're capable of doing and also the aesthetics because we yeah. all want to look good and feel good in our skin. I'm never going to take that one out of the equation. I have that one ingrained in me. It is what it is. But, but looking at these, again, super shredded physiques, either male, female, whatever, like those people are miserable during the times that they're shredded and they're not shredded for very long unless they're on gear and, you know, competing all the time or whatever. But those Hollywood physiques, I mean, look at the actors in between very quickly. They either balloon back up a little bit or lose all that muscle mass. It is not maintainable. You will be miserable. So exercising for the sake of a six pack and or just so that you can eat and not get fat is not going to make you happy lifelong. I have a question for you, Mike. What are your views on, because you just said uh, um, gear. I'm assuming that means uh, like anabolic steroids. steroids. steroids yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so if what's your views on the steroids? Because I feel like as I've do- dove into more of this fitness stuff, there's a lot more people taking steroids than oh, I yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. I oh, thought, yeah. like, you know, we had the drugs thing when talk, when we had the D.A.R.E. program back in the day and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And then you realize not that many people are actually taking all of these drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah. But apparently steroids in the gym is, like, a well, really rampant thing. Like Steroids it's, have advanced, I feel like, a lot lately. Like, there's just so many different options of things that people can take. And it doesn't you know, seem as dangerous as it was... Yeah. I was it, told. It, it depends on who's doing it, and it's, it has the potential for danger, but it's, it really comes down to the overall amounts. Steroids have been used since, like, the 1930s. I think Hitler was trying to push out some, some you know, stacked Nazi soldiers or some shit. <laughs> but, but it's not a new thought process, um, and there are a wide variety of them out there now, and with the, the proliferation of, of TRT, testosterone replacement exactly, therapy, yeah. being out there. So your anabolic steroids are going to be the highly synthetic thing. People tend to, to take those at supra 
physiological ranges, basically above your physiological range. And I've seen that they do them in like cycles. They do like, it in so cycles they that they don't shut off their natural testosterone production forever. So if you're doing an intelligent cycle, um, I'm going to say eight to 12 weeks is your, your average-ish cycle. Eight would be on the little bit shorter end and probably safer. So you would spend those eight weeks really trying to put on some mass. You'll likely lean out a little bit too because testosterone favors lean body mass and, and pushes your calorie partitioning towards that. Calorie partitioning is essentially what your body decides to do with the calories you take in. Store it, use it for building or, or energy, et cetera, et cetera. So to, to answer that question in, in totality, it, it can be safe if done right. And I think that we've put this, this drastic decline on testosterone as you age, but that's because of, of health choices. But the studies have shown that testosterone declines naturally from about the age of, of 30 on. And so you see these, these you know, famous people who are 40, 50, whatever, still packing on lean body mass. The likelihood of them doing that naturally is insanely fucking small yeah, percentage at, at that point. Yeah, at the amounts that they're putting them on. But, yeah. but, but they're in the limelight. They are action stars. They need to be on the go all the time. So I don't look negatively at somebody who is doing testosterone replacement therapy. I don't really look negatively on anybody. That's your life choice. I look negatively on people who are doing anabolic steroids or doing testosterone replacement therapy. No, well, yeah, claiming well, the natural is just shitty, yeah. but selling their product to the average person being like, this is what I do. This is all you have to do to get exactly like I'm at. I'm like, bro, your traps are higher than your fucking head right now. Yeah. And you have blocks for abs. Like, it's this is a very... Obviously, testosterone-laden body. It's the same thing with the liver king finally coming out that he was he's doing steroids. I, and like Surprise. A, like a thousand-dollar-a-day stack, the guy's worth millions from selling his supplements and programs based off of him being natural. He's got people out there eating cow testicles yeah. to look like he does when he's on a thousand dollars worth of gear every fucking day. You out of your damn mind? Yeah, so because I I saw a clip of um, Joe Rogan, yeah, and he was talking about like Jeff Bezos, because like all of a sudden Jeff Bezos was like ripped. Did he yeah. get swole? He he's like I didn't know that. It's funny though. Yeah, I, I didn't know it either, but it makes sense. And Jeff Bezos is older, right? Yeah, probably on testosterone like, replacement therapy, working it, out. And often. he's like, and Rogan was basically saying he's like, yeah, and uh, he's like, and I'm not coming out Bezos. He's like, I'm on testosterone. Yeah, he's like, I take it. He's like, I think it's good and you should take yeah. it at this age it goes at because the, the science is there you can extend your health your energy your ability to maintain lean body mass you can continue doing active things that would be a little harder as you age and testosterone declines like the science is there and it can be done safely yeah it blows my mind because like i said I, I i get a lot more of that stuff on my social media all the fitness stuff now and there's uh reels of these of people that just walk around at the gym and they're like are you natural yeah and, i've seen that yeah you've seen yeah, yeah. And the amount of people that come back and say no. And young guys, blows too. My, my, Dude, not even the just amount guys. of young people on gear right now is and, and that's the fitness industry, and that's what I feel like, you know, the movies and stuff have done to even the, the young population. Like, these guys already are maxed out with testosterone and growth hormone. Like, good training and good diet is going to give you an amazing damn physique, but that's not enough. It's not enough. They want to be shredded. They want to be jacked. Yes. Yeah, they want to be huge. Yes. And if, here's the, the thing is like, also, I'm going to relate this to the steroid epi epidemic that was in baseball. Like, all right, they want to be huge. They want to be jacked. But they can also then turn that into something. With this, all this social media, like, it's proof that it works. So, all right, Lever King came out, but he already made it freaking boatload by right. being fake and lying about it. So now there's backlash. Oh, well. 
Oh, you do he already made his hell. money, so yeah. what He'll the fuck doesn't matter? Yeah, but and what even does it if, even at this point, he just ends up having you know people on anabolic steroids following him because he's still out there doing it. Yeah. You know. But because that's the same thing I was saying, like the steroids epidemic in baseball, everybody's like, oh, these guys were on steroids, blah, 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 this whole. But they turned them in the big contracts and they made these huge, yeah. like you found out that they're on, that like they made so much money. Oh, absolutely. And so these, these young guys are going to see that and they have a chance. If they're young, attractive, jacked as hell, ready, pop them in a fucking magazine. Like that, that's what's going to happen. They're going to make money doing yeah. something like that and if so they know how to market themselves right. And so what's the backlash then? So later is the people find out they're on steroids? So what? No, and I, wah, I mean, wah, wah, I would wah, think, like, you have to check the studies, but to matter how much they're doing, like they could potentially have heart issues or, you know, kidney yeah. issues or things like that, depending on how heavy they've gone. That's what I was kind of curious is like how bad, like, because I can't believe how rampant it is yeah. in terms of Yeah, I guess of, like, we'll find out in 10 years or something. Yeah. And I, honestly, you look at look at some of the, I mean, look at Lou Ferrigno and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Like, I mean, those guys have... They're still physically active and still doing great in 60s, 70s, whatever, how old they are at, at this point. So, I, I, I mean, I would argue that working out and pushing your body and causing those adaptations and having more lean body mass than you do fat mass is going to be enough of a health change to kind of mitigate a, a good amount of those risks. But you still also hear the stories about a lot of people have gone way too hard and too hard. And these guys are, are dead. They yeah. have heart attacks and strokes and et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's a balance to it. I was going to say, and there's extremes or extremes no it, matter what the right. extreme and so is. I what think kinda, the, what I, kind of gear are ladies taking? Same shit. There's a lot of women that are really? taking. Oh, yeah. A lot of them that I saw like on these reels. reels yeah. This is my, I, I don't really go out and talk to these people myself, no, that obviously. That would be shocking if you did. Yeah. Just but on the reels that I've seen, there's a, it was a lot more girls that have said, or women who have said, yes, we, that it's, they it's took. It's become more or, of a norm. What I, was real common that I tended to, to see a lot was they like, well, I am now. They're like, are you natural or, or natural? And so they're they like, well, like I am now. So they did where... a cycle or two or right. whatever, and they built some stuff, and then they're like, okay. Or a lot of them that I saw on these couple reels, again, were, were the women did it because they had like a shoot that they were doing or they were modeling, mm. and they're like, I did it for this, and now I don't do it anymore. Like, yeah, and they, they, they have some steroids. I forget which, I forget which one that is. But there's one that'll just sort of harden you out, dry you out, and, and increase recovery. It's it's less of one that that bulks you up at that point. So there's a variety of steroids that that can be taken, um, and that one. God, I can't. So how do you name. do it safely? Because it's illegal, right? Yeah, yeah. So how do you find somebody to do it safely? Well, you could just go get trashed for a couple of days straight, go in and get your tank hormones. Tank your testosterone. Yeah, <laughs> tank your testosterone. Get very little sleep and go get tested, and then they could prescribe it to you. Yeah, hope that you you score poorly enough that they would prescribe Which, it to I mean, you. Which you would, depending on a, on age wise, or you know, just go get it, get, get yourself checked. Like if you're at the low end of normal, that's true. They'll Some still prescribe have low testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy. So that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's they have they have bioidentical hormones, so it, it's way more identical to, test, to natural testosterone. They have synthetic testosterone. And then you also have your, which is usually done in shots. You can do weekly shots. You can do every other day shots. Depending on what you get, the weekly ones are a little more expensive. Um, and then you can just go full on anabolic steroids, which are, are going to be the te technically That's illegal right, ones. How do you yeah. do uh, anabolic? Like you, the, you find the, somebody at a gym. You got to know a guy. Yeah. I mean, you can honestly walk into oh, so any, any big bodybuilding gym, walk up to a jacked ass guy and start asking questions about it. Most of them are going to be fine pointing you in the right direction. Um, and you can get a, a, an eight-week cycle along with an estrogen blocker for 300 ish dollars. That's not bad. No. <laughs> 
Getting thoughts, Chrissy? Thinking about it? I don't think so I need my recommendation for anybody who is Got contemplating it. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who's contemplating it, one, go get them checked. Get your levels checked. See where you're at so you can start to make a conscious yeah, decision. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to know. See where you were before. Because yeah. if you're about to jump on some gear, you should probably know where you were before right. and that. Right, and as a male, if you're six, seven, eight hundred already, then the, the problem with your energy levels and your overall fitness is not the testosterone needed right now. It's, it's your life choices and not yeah. working out enough, not fueling your body properly, whatever. If, and this is the shitty thing with I testosterone. The now. normal you range should, of yeah, testosterone yeah, is like 300 to like 900 something. Yeah, at, it's at a our weird age. range. It's a huge range. So nobody wants to be at the bottom end of normal with such a huge ass range at that point. So if you're, if, if you're at the lower end of normal, and you're eating well, and you get decent sleep, and you are exercising, so the likelihood of anything else changing in your lifestyle is low, and, and you're approaching 40 or beyond, I would say GRT is a great fucking option for you at that point. Yeah. But if you are at six, seven, or 800, and 30s to 40s, and still training hard, and you're, you're maintaining, I'd say that's pointless for you. Like, you're just going to go above physiological ranges at that point, and now you're going to be pushing into a slight danger zone. Yeah, I think people also are like, I'm going to do steroids. The thing is that you can't just do steroids. You have to do steroids and then put in the work. Oh, hell yes. And this is another thing, too. People <laughs> look at work. this as an easy button. It's not an easy button. No. Now, they've done studies for 8 to 12 weeks or whatever where they put uh, average person or and some untrained people, whatever, on anabolic steroids. And over the course of that, that time, the people who didn't work out, did put on some muscle mass and lost some body fat. So there's that natural fascinating natural calorie partitioning and your, your testosterone favors lean body mass. However, when they stopped all that, they lost all that. Right. So there is something to it. Like you're looking at somebody who is jacked as fuck and being like, yeah, well, they're all they're on steroids. Yeah, well, you living your current lifestyle with steroids would not give you the same results. You have to put in the fucking work. Somebody on steroids is working out six to seven oh, days 100%. a week. They're working out for, for two hours on any given day, and they're eating a boatload. So everything is super, super mindful at that point. You still have to put in the damn work. I mean, if I have to, I will eat a boatload. I mean, yeah. I can do that part. That's the eating, part you're. That's, the part. that's what you yeah. took away. I am eating. <laughs> so like, you'll so put on a little bit of muscle eat a lot. and a lot of body fat. <laughs> Perfect. So it, there's there's a balance to it, and so somebody who is going to trivialize the work that somebody put in just because they look unfavorably on steroids, I couldn't give two shits if somebody's on steroids. I couldn't give two shits if they're I on also TRT. Could not give two because shits. if you're putting yeah. in the fucking work, you've still earned what you've gotten at that point. And that's your life. You get to well, live your life however you want to live your yeah, life. Yeah, I mean, they earned it. They put the work in. You oh. can't just do the steroids. I mean, like, maybe, but you're still going to lose it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a good spot to call it for the day. Guys, thank you again so much for listening to another podcast. We're looking forward to next week, Chrissy. Happy 50th episode. Happy 50th, oh, 50th right. episode, I forgot you guys. You didn't lead that. with that. I didn't lead with that. I completely I got forgot. Thank We're you. Gonna end well that. played. We'll end we are 50 episodes deep. Yeah, so applause to you guys Yay. out there for listening and making this possible. Uh, we appreciate you guys for uh, humoring us and on our ramblings, our tangents. If there's anything you guys want us to talk about, feel free to shoot us messages. Oh we have God, our Facebook yeah. group hitting up uh, that we have going on, so check out us out in there. Chrissy's going to be posting those recipes in there as well, so it'll be a good place to find or a good resource for that. And thanks to, for 50 episodes, guys. Yeah, episodes. Good job, team. We hit 50. That's we're grown up now. Yeah. yeah, that's like half of a hundred. That's like half of a like, hundred, like almost exactly. Almost exactly. Half. Almost yeah. exactly. I see what yeah. you guys did there. Yeah, yeah. precision with math. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Pew, pew, pew.